The SGP and IDP Pro Players Podcast is proud to be presented by WinBet. The official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And without further ado, here are your veteran IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Welcome back to the IDP Pros Podcast. My name is Johnny the Greek. I am joined with my co-host and the senior IDP analyst at the SGPN Network, the man, the myth, the legend, the IDP tipster, Mr. Gary Van Dyke. Gary, how are you, sir? Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing pretty damn good, John. Just happy to be here. Yes, sir. Before we get started, did you know that WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100, get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. All right, we got an action-packed show we're going to be doing some second-year players, but we thought we'd start with our predictions for this weekend. We got NFC and AFC title games. Let's start with the NFC, Gary. Who are you taking, Eagles or Niners, and why? I think I'm going to run with the Eagles, man. They're hot. They're they're just hot, and I'm waiting to see the 49ers. What's his name? Birdie? Look, hey, wait a minute. We ain't supposed to be talking to Dirty O here. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, how can I do this? So I don't think the Eagles quarterback hurts. Oh, did it again. Uh, let's try that one more time. I think the Eagles defense is going to come out on this one. I like that. I like that. And uh, full full disclosure, it's uh, January. We've got nothing to talk about, so we're talking predictions. Right. So. Yeah, we were we were <laughs> going to slide that news in here because we had a little bit trickle out last week, but again this week, it just there's nothing worth reporting. So everybody's looking healthy going into the playoffs, except for I think uh, Vontae Maddox maybe, and uh, for the Eagles, and I don't think that's that big of a deal. I got you. And I tend to agree with your pick here. I'm going to Eagles as well. Uh, So the only rookie quarterback that's come close to getting into a Super Bowl in recent history was Ben Roethlisberger with the 15 and one Steelers about 15 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And they got beat by God, I forget. I think it was the Patriots. I can't remember, but uh, everybody was getting beat by the Patriots back then. So probably was. That's probably a good guess. You're right. But mm. it's just it's just too big a stage, man. It's going to catch up to him eventually. There's going to be a game where he needs to keep them in it by throwing or throw to win the game. And I just think he's going to fold, especially against that Eagles defense and that pass rush. It's astounding how they've used that pass rush and the rotation, the lack of high snaps for some of these main starters. But yet they're they're performing. So um, they've stayed healthy and kept that rotation up. It went a little bit under the radar, but really turned on towards the end of the season. Yep. And they got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, Avante Maddox back. I mean, they're healthy. They're all clicking. Uh, I think everything lines up. They're at home, too. Uh, so, you mm-hmm. know. That's, Philad- that's- yeah, Philadelphia is one hell of a stadium from history. history oh, yeah. I guess. yeah. I've never yeah. been there. Yeah, it's a hell of a home field advantage, no doubt. So we got the same pick on the NFC side. Let's look at the AFC side. Who you got? You taking uh, Chiefs or Bengals? 
I'm going to be a homer and go with the Bengals. I'm going to ride that lady luck. I, I think they can make a second appearance. And I got to be honest, I'm just kind of tired of seeing Mahomes and the Chiefs up there. So I, I just think that uh, I'm going to go with the homer pick and stick with the Bengals. Right. So Gary's from Ohio. So this is a team that's that's close to his heart, sort of. No, no not, not, <laughs> not, not. But still. Yeah, within reason, I do don't root against Ohio. That's for sure. There you go. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. So, so the Bengals have had the Chiefs' number for a couple seasons now, and since he, I feel like it has a chip on their shoulder, and they're on a mission to get back to that Super Bowl and win it. Uh, they've got all the intangibles. Uh, I feel like they've got more talent across the board. With the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill last year uh, to free agency. And I just feel like they're going to get it done. Plus, I saw something crazy earlier this week. I believe it was Willie Gay. Made I'm going to call you on it. That was a little dirty O snuck in there. So, um. <clears throat> But Willie Gay, this is IDP related. Willie Gay, when asked about the Chiefs' offense and what he thought was impressive about them, said nothing, quote unquote. So gave a little uh, bulletin board material uh, for the Bengals, which uh, maybe not a great idea. <laughs> Right. And from the defensive <laughs> side of the ball, I mean, you got to love Bolton and the gays actually came on. So you also have Sneed, I believe he went, he got hurt. Yeah, he's good to go. So right. their, their, their biggest injury concern was, I mean, obviously Mahomes, but I, I saw something in practice report today. They're good to go. So right. I love what that new rookie, uh, Colophilus, if I'm even saying that right, I like what he's got going on, but I'm just not impressed with the defensive line still. Uh, I know Chris Jones, man, he's going to probably get his. But other than that, I got a feeling the way the Bengals offensive line played last week, they held their own big time. Right. And I believe they got healthier at offensive line, too. They mm -hmm. had some injuries going into that Bills game that have been resolved for this game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Bengals. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a ton of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get a $100 free bet, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in free site credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet so that they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. This offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Zero, zero. All right, let's get into it, Gary. What do you got lined up for us this week? Uh, coming in at number one in our second year player redraft rankings with a little bit of dynasty talks, and we both had Jack Sanborn. Uh, I don't think there's any argument that uh, I personally took him because on paper, the way it looks, even with free agency and where the, the Bears are, He's got the highest ceiling just in that small sample that he gave us. Uh, I think it was week 6 to 15 until he landed on IR with something. He wasn't perfect, 
He was far from it. But for an undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin, which is that pedigree, he really held his own and he came in and he didn't look like he didn't belong. No doubt. Yeah. Sanborn was a huge waiver wire pickup this year. And with uh, Roquan exiting Nicholas Morrow, you have it down here as a 2023 free agent. The, you know, the door is wide open for Sanborn to be the guy for a long time here. So I agree. That's my number one second year linebacker. All right. I do expect him to re-sign Nicholas Morrow. I think, you know, he didn't like tear it up for him either, but he'll be within their reason. And they've got a lot of other things to concentrate on. So after him being in the system for another year, I think another prove it deal, one year deal, small deal will be uh, there for him. But Jack Sanborn, basically, I think for him to lose his job, we would have to see them draft high and sign free agents that mattered and have to get a couple of them to even give them competition as the roster sits right now. Yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't seem likely. He seems pretty locked in. So let's head on over to number two, where we have the same guy again, Quay Walker. Why are we both going with Quay Walker as the number two? Walker was the number one producing uh, fantasy inside linebacker for rookies. In most balanced formats that I know of, and probably tackle-based, he's firmly locked in this coming year if it wasn't for Campbell sitting there then he would probably be my number one and here, here's the deal with Walker he changed their entire defense they they mm-hmm. used to be a, a more dime a more one linebacker uh look and when he came in they changed the whole defense they give this guy a role and he kept it all year and the snaps were always great and the production was pretty good I mean it looks pretty good Right. And again, this is another one of those guys. All right. He's a rookie. Yes, he was high draft profile. He was in the first round. Everything lines up that he should be able to do this. But he actually was able to do this when Campbell went down. He went in and that that defense didn't really miss a beat. Not saying it was on cue, but what I'm saying is it didn't take a hit by not having Campbell necessarily running the defense. Uh, other than the fact that they didn't have his talent on there. The defense still ran smoothly, and Walker, again, looked like he belonged and did it very well. I think that speaks well for the future, but these are redraft rankings, and as long as Campbell's sitting there, I have to put Sam Bourne first. Yep, I'm with you. So we agree on the first two. Number three is where we have our first difference of opinion. Uh, I'll go with mine. So I did whoever ends up being the winner of Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, because if we remember it was Devin Lloyd for most of the year, and then we had a bunch of injury shenanigans and it rotated back and forth. And we never got really a firm answer at the end of the year. If Devin Lloyd had fully reclaimed that spot in the playoffs, it looked like he had, but I think there's more to be determined there. We're assuming it's going to be Devin Lloyd. And I think that's probably how it goes. So I'll say Devin Lloyd three, but if it's Muma that takes that job, I'd have him there. I have a minute four, so I'm not that far off before I talk about my three. I'll just go ahead and give my thoughts about Lloyd now. Between Lloyd and Muma, just peeking at their PFF grades, neither one of them are killing nothing. One ended up with a 52 and the other a 49, something really way under par. So take that with a grain of salt if you want to. Usually if you get that drastic of a PFF grade and it's that low, or you get one that's that high, it's still got to be noticeable. You still got to take some kind of account for that. I think it's purely going to be draft pedigree that comes out ahead in this, and it's going to be Lloyd in the end. Yes, sir. And uh, who'd you have at number three? 
Malcolm Rodriguez, you know, the late rounder again, another uh, waiver wire <laughs> darling in standard leagues. There wasn't a lot of love for him until right before the preseason, actually. And I guess he is just making all kinds of waves. Basically sent Derek Barnes to the bench. Right. Um, I'm going to mention Alex Anzalone is a free agent this coming season, but I don't really expect Rodriguez to step into that role this soon, this year. He's still pretty raw. He's got a lot to learn. Uh, I think we've seen that as the snap counts kind of, they didn't go up the rest of the year. He never really got more playing time as long as An- Anzalone was there. I, I think they re-sign Anzalone first, or they at least do something to bring in another veteran. Uh, I don't think Rodriguez is just ready to be put at number one or two here. And this is kind of like a tear break for me. Yeah, I hear you. There's a lot of potential here with Rodriguez. We saw it last year. It's just the playing time for me. That's why he didn't make my top five. He, he's mm-hmm. still in my top ten easily, but just the lack of playing time. And, you know, it all depends on what happens with Anzalone, what kind of role he has next year. But, you know, if he does get that playing time, the sky's the limit for sure. I'm interested in Tori Anderson, which you have now at four. I was fighting with that. How'd you get him in there? Yeah. So, I mean, we saw it, we saw it all year, right? Well, not all year, the second half of the year, we slowly, but surely saw Michael Walker being phased out for Troy Anderson. And by the end of the year, Troy Anderson had supplanted him and taken that spot. The production never really caught up to what Walker was doing, but the playing time did. And as we know from doing this for a long time, playing time leads to production. It'll come. I think next year with another full training camp and a full off season, he'll be the starter there. And uh, I think that production will happen at that point. This, this is more a, a guess, but a pretty educated right. guess. Well, that's that tear break that we're talking about. I, I just not as confident. And it's basically you're kind of ranking them, projecting a redraft ceiling. But with Dynasty, you, they they probably have a little bit more upside. It's just going to have to take a little bit of time to, to develop. When it comes to Troy Anderson, he's in a great situation too, but I believe uh, Rashawn Evans is a free agent. So there is an opening there. We know he's already displaced Walker. Right. So I don't have an argument. I guess I'm looking at a ceiling. I don't think Troy Anderson's got the overall skill set to be more than productive by default. Uh, he just fell right outside and probably would be around that six. I know he would be above your five, which we'll talk about soon. Absolutely. And and right, like you said, I mean, he's not going to be as flashy or splashy as Michael Walker was, but he'll be consistent. He'll be a good LB3, LB4 for you in those deeper leagues. That's what I'm looking at. Well, they uh, kind of already got us once on Walker. We thought he was going to be the big, big dog over there in Atlanta this year, and it mm. was far from it. I mean, there's a little bit of hesitation on this whole situation. And I do believe they just hired a new defensive coordinator, which was the assistant coordinator of the Saints. So this should be interesting. Oh, yeah. We'll have to circle back on this. And you've got Devin Lloyd at four. We talked about him. Uh, I was very tempted to go with your number five. The only thing that's got me jammed up on it is what happens with the free agency with Kazir White and TJ Edwards. You've got N'Kobe Dean at five. Let's talk about him. Well, Looking at Kaiser White and Edwards, both of them are free agents. Now, if somebody was smart, Edwards is coming off one of his best years, not only in production, but on film. 
he has had one of his best years. So he's he's got a lot of people looking at him. They have to be in this free agency class when there's a lot of need for somebody that's, that's doing as well as he's done. And uh, basically learn as he's gone, you know. I mean, he wasn't a super stud to begin with. I'm not sure with Eagles history of not paying their inside linebackers that they're going to they're going to be able to pay anything or even want to pay anything near what Edwards has probably earned. White, you know, he's been a part-time player, not saying that he isn't uh been essential for them, but he's also a free agent. So why did they draft Nakobe Dean just to sit him in the entire year? I don't think they're going to wait again and go and see if he's ready third year i think he's at least going to get a shot next year one way or another in one of these two positions and i'm willing to think that it's more trustworthy at this point to me than christian harris which you have in a number five i just can't do it man he just drives (laughs) me nuts yeah, well, hey, it's it's real easy for me. He they drafted him it, by the end of the year. He was playing 100 percent of snaps, and it's redraft. This is not dynasty. Dynasty, if we were talking about that, there's a chance he plays again next year, has a dog shit PFF grade, and goes the way <laughs> goes the way of Jalen Smith or Zach Cunningham. <laughs> Touche. I mean, really, I don't have a stronger argument than I just can't do it. I mean, I do him at I, I would put him in there at six or seven. I mean, you can't ignore it. Displaced, which I don't think will happen again. You know, he's going to have that full full off season to get better. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection, your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations. So please, go and give what you can. And let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope by knowing we all really do care. Hey, NFL fans, the SGPN Fantasy Football crew has stayed busy since the first of the year. So make sure to check out all the latest Dynasty and Redraft you need at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Go search for SGPN Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our SGPN Fantasy Football channel on YouTube. And you won't miss a thing letting it ride with SGPN. All right, let's pick it back up with safeties slash defensive back second year guys. Number one and number two are the same for us, just in different orders. I got Jalen Petrie. You got Jaquan Brisker. It kind of sounds like we're uh, uh, back in the battle again. We were talking about these guys just a couple of uh, episodes ago. I like Brisker just as much as Petrie, so it's kind of like A and B. Both of them are in a situation with the team that the rosters are in a big rebuild or need to be rebuilt if they're going to go anywhere. And uh, these guys have been brought in to do this job in this past draft. And there's no reason to think that they're going to spend any more draft stock on another safety or at the same time, bring in some high profile free agent, which I'm going to, I'm going to mention looking over that class, the quality is there, but the numbers aren't. So these guys ain't 
got anything to worry about and there's going to be plenty of production no matter how they play as long as they are the starters i'm with you on this completely both of them are set up for the long term for the long haul um they're not going to be displaced they were both super productive in their rookie years uh the sky's the limit for both so i'm with you it's a 1a 1b situation they're both excellent and i think you'll agree with me when i say we've got a tear break before our next guy here uh who'd you go with at number three Kirby Joseph. I really liked his overall production and his play on the on the field. I mean, his PFF grade is good. It'll reflect that. But at the same time, you know, we're worried about Tracy Walker. He's still under contract. He's going to be coming back next year. He missed this entire year with an injury. Deshaun Elliott is a free agent. He was only signed for a, uh, one year this past offseason out of Baltimore, and he killed it. So I think that he actually returns. Um, I'm not quite sure uh, what kind of contract we might be talking about, but I think it's enough that he's locked his job down there. Or if somebody comes in and overpays him, he's locked down his job somewhere else. Yeah, no argument there. That's the only reason why I have him a little bit further down my list. He's still on my list here. And it's because, I, yeah, I think he'll be that third safety, quote unquote, with, you know, because I'm assuming Elliot comes back and obviously Tracy Walker will be a starter. So, yeah, I, th- I think he'll be that third safety. And if Elliot doesn't come back for some reason, then he's locked shit. and loaded. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Yep. That prime free safety spot to just, oh, golden. Yes, sir. So I've I've got Kyle Hamilton at three, assuming that, uh you know, something changes in Baltimore and he gets more of a shot. He actually, by the end of the year, was playing somewhat decent snaps for a rookie, 50, 60 percent per game. And uh, they drafted him super high draft capital wise. Like it's only a matter of time before this guy gets his shot. Well, at least he got his shit together because he looked like a joke in that preseason with yeah, the coverage. Yeah, and now he's like shining. So, you know, knock on wood, just some uh, rookie jitters probably. The one thing with Kyle Hamilton that I see is that, well, Marcus Williams is not going anywhere. And that is a pretty damn productive position for him. It wasn't as productive when he come back from injury, but they were working on the playoffs and such. So, uh, Kyle Hamilton really picked it up. I think in the end, it'll probably be Chuck Clark that's going to be ass out on playing time next year. We probably will see Kyle Hamilton's role, but that's a lot of probable probabilities, and it's just as many probabilities as Kirby Joseph's situation. Um, another thing that uh, I, I'm giving the edge to Joseph at three and uh, Hamilton at four on is the linebacker quality in front of him this year. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen aren't going nowhere this coming season unless they trade Patrick Queen. Then I think it might be an option, believe it or not. I've been thinking about this. Why wouldn't it be an option if they, if they have a taker and somebody willing to pay for it? And there's no reason not to. But at the same time, I'm giving that benefit because Rodriguez and Anzalone, if he resigns, is definitely not Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. And we already know that Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are going to be on the field probably way more than Kyle Hamilton, if not just, you know, as much. Definitely. That's a good call there. We've got those guys just in slightly different spots. I've got Lewis seen at four where that's where you've got your Kyle Hamilton. And we, this is, you know, not a total shot in the dark, just based on draft capital and situation, but we never got to see it. Right. Like, 
there was that game where Cameron Bynum uh, went out, I believe, and then there was one where Harrison Smith went out. But seeing blew his ACL or something and was gone, and we never had a chance to see this. But they drafted this guy to be a starting safety. I, it has to happen at some point. We've mentioned the cap hell that basically Minnesota's in with 30 and over players, including quite a few of them on the defensive side of the ball. So Harrison Smith, I think he'll retire as a Viking, but where things have happened and there's something going on up there. They're, they're shaking up that team too, a little bit. They kind of faltered. He's no worse than my Dax did Hill of five, which you had Kirby Joseph at five. But he's no worth it, worse than Daxton Hill to me. Uh, they were right there together. But I do look at it with uh, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, both free agents in Cincinnati, and the situation with their cap. And you look at that offense and who they've got to take care of soon, mm. right? You yeah. got Hubbard's already been paid. Uh, Hendrickson's already been paid. You got Logan Wilson coming up. I don't know. They they kind of play with their linebacker situation a little bit lightly lately, like most teams. But I don't think Bates is going to be back. I don't. I think somebody's going to pay Bates a nice contract. He's, uh, you know, they just went through this big hoopla last year, and they ended up tagging him. Um, I don't think he's coming back, and I think it's a possibility that maybe Von Bell is not isn't coming back. If there is one of the two, I'm going to go Bell because he's a hometown high guy, high state boy. And, uh, you know, I could see him giving him a little bit of hometown discount, especially for a championship. But Bates is looking to get paid. And it's not happened in Cincinnati. And just like you said about Sin, Hill was drafted to start at some hmm. point. Right. Right. I'm with you on the Bates thing, too. He's out of there. He is out of there. That was nasty last year at the start of the season. We thought he may not play at all. Mm -hmm. And he has played ball well for him. It's just not the same defense back when he was that DB1 top 10 tier guy where right. we were looking at two or three years ago, four years ago, that, that he's not that guy because the defense in front of them got so much better. Right. Back then, they had just drafted Hubbard. Hendrickson went on there that they, they were nowhere near the level of talent that they have right now. Totally different Bengals back then. Uh, Bates mm -hmm. was the star and right. there are a lot of stars now. So I'm with you on that. I like that call. I like Daxton Hill and I had Kirby Joseph at five and we've covered that. He's got a good situation as well. So no. um, I know this is stupid, but I'm going to slide this in here right now. I'm going to tell you something else about Jack Sanborn, which we just got off of linebackers, but I got to say, have you looked at his ratio between solos and assists? Uh, no, no. What's it it like? was like 50 to 14, dude. Jesus. I mean, that is why that box score at IDP looks so good, and that's exactly what we're talking about with a terrible defensive line in front of you. The IDP Pro Players Pod is also presented by IDPGuys.org, where managers and fans can further fear fantasy football knowledge into the depths of dynasty, individual defensive players, super flex, and beyond. That was IDPGuys.org, where they do way more than just defensive football. Don't forget, the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, ads, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. 
Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get a $100 free bet. Limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in site credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet so that they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. This offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Let's wrap it up with defensive line. And this one is pretty straightforward because we've got all the same guys just in slightly different order because there are no other guys except these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a couple <laughs> of dart throws a little deeper, but uh, yeah, coming straight out. And this is definitely, I think, the top of the class between edge rushers, defensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, and we both got Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson first. And you know what's funny? I was looking at total uh, scores for all players at the end of the year in mm-hmm. my home league, and Aiden Hutchinson was in the top 10 as a rookie. Uh, yeah. He got it done, man. It wasn't yeah. all sacks, too. He had two, three picks this year, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of tackles for loss. He made it. And those tackles, plays. and we know those tackles, those are just as important as any sack. I mean, you got to have one or the other when it comes to defensive line and be, and and to separate yourself into that upper tier. And he he's right on that. He's right on that. So a little bit more consistency will be nice, but he's definitely sitting at the top of the board here. Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks before the season, but their defensive coordinator, you know, mentioned that he's got it, whatever it is, quote-unquote, and and that's true. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's got the intangibles. He's going to be a star. He already is a star. Yeah, he's on his way, no doubt. We'll roll right into my number two, which is Javon Walker. He was looked at as a raw prospect. But I'll tell you what, they threw him right in, and the guy kind of hung in the entire season. So I hope he is raw so that we get a see more. I can imagine what we might be looking at with another year's worth of development. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be tough, too, because I think Hutchison sits at the top of this list by himself. He's the Sherlock. No-brainer. You know, hopefully that didn't bite us in the ass. But once we get past that, everybody's that did make the top five has shown something, but it's not locked him down yet. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. Trayvon was supposed to be just all talent and, you know, measurables. And what we got instead was a guy that actually gave us production this year on a fairly consistent basis, especially for a rookie. So, you know, if he develops further than this, like you said, it, he's going to be incredible. So I got him at three, uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I think he's an excellent option going forward i've got Kayvon thibodeau at two and mm-hmm. he was a little weird because the first half of the season it's like the guy didn't exist and then you know after week eight or so he just turned it on he had that 50 point game uh yeah, yeah all playoffs. of a sudden out of the blue or some shit oh yeah, I thought he had a really good game during the season where he had a couple of sacks, too. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. he, he had a couple of those, but he had one in playoffs yeah. where he, he scored a touchdown and had yeah. like two or three sacks on top of that. And it was nice. just unreal. Yeah, he saved his ass with me because I wasn't looking that way whatsoever by midseason. He just wasn't getting it done. 
to the point as an edge rusher. You know, it, it just the, the production wasn't there. But turning it on towards the end of the season when he got into the backfield and started getting the sacks, they have another uh, high-profile guy in Ojolari. So I, I think Thibodeau actually got himself to the point this year that he deserves to be up here. But I, I'm not sure about anybody on this in, in this lower half to mm-hmm. go like ah, reaching for him next year. Are, mm-hmm. are you sold? There's a hidden gem in Thibodeau all of a sudden being like, I don't know, Strahan in, no, in New no, York? No, but but I think our list is definitely in tiers. Hutchinson is the lock. Thibodeau and Trayvon Walker have a pretty good shot at being decent for a long time. And then our last two guys, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, who, who we got at four and five here? <laughs> oh, you just did that shit on purpose, man. You could have went ahead. Um, let's see. <laughs> we have Karloffa Fit. Alar- Karloftis. <laughs> is that even close? That is. That is George Karloftis. And then, See, yeah. It, German- it's getting there, man. It's getting there. It's his prior <laughs> accent that keeps messing up, right? <laughs> Anyhow, you know, another situation where um, I actually just wrote about this uh, for IDP, guys, not for our SGPN, but uh, I have mentioned him in SGPN articles before. Oh, I might be doing it right now. But either way, um, when it comes to him i'm not going to try it again <laughs> when it comes to him you know at the beginning of the season there was a lot of hype coming in and he just didn't wasn't producing averaging one or two tackles not getting anything in the backfield but towards the mid-season they actually started reducing these full-time snaps that you don't even usually see happen for a rookie we did have that situation with a couple this year like walker uh, and hutchison but um he reduced snaps and production went up and he started getting into backfield and his average went from like barely two tackles a game up to a solid three, maybe a little more. So he's got my attention and playing next to Chris Jones is very interesting. And I, I speculated on a few things when we talked about him on the pod before this past season, it's no lie. It's confirmed this guy. Okay. He he's, He's out of Brown University, and he was undrafted defensive tackle. And they transform him into more of an Aaron Donald where he can put his hands in the ground in a four-point stance, three-point stance, or he can stand up like an outside linebacker. And that's exactly what, if you watch the film, he plays just as much on the exterior as he does on the interior. And if you think anything's kind of off, I did see this in a report that's confirmed, but check out his weight. Just look at his weight when he got drafted to win. He's where he's listed at. Now they turned this defensive tackle into an outside linebacker real quick. We saw some uh, flashes of greatness from Mr. Uh, George here, Karloftis and uh, you know, it's possible and there's not a ton of competition there. So the, the snaps could be a real deal next year. Um, it's, you know, I don't feel as good about it as the top three, but it's definitely a possibility. And same deal with Jermaine Johnson at five. Like, we didn't get to see enough of it to get a good mm-hmm. read on it. But, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the hype was there going into the season and the opportunities there. Right. In which we're talking about him at number five. And here's how 
I'm just going to throw these out here again, folks. So Hutchison with PFF was graded almost elite. And then who would you think was your number uh, two and three amongst grades in this little group here? PFF wise? Yes. Oh, man. I I would say maybe Jermaine Johnson because he's got a less of a sample size. Yeah, actually, a great point that I was going to say. So you just stole my bit, dude. But that's <laughs> all right. Because when you when you look at it at that, the difference between him and Thibodeau was just 0.2. It was like 71.7 and 71.9 or something. So they was right there. So I, I just thought that was interesting. But it could be from that small sample size. Now, I know their head coach is a believer. They love this kid. He actually started out the season. It looked like that he was going to progress and get more snaps, and he was getting some production. Then he got hurt. I can't remember what the injury was, but it lingered. So he came back in, and it looked, you know, the expectations would he be put back right in rotation at full depth and, and keep going, but that didn't happen. And surprisingly enough, and I know we keep hounding about how insignificant or grain of salt you should take with PFF, but believe it or not, they had Franklin Myers, the, the Jets' uh, defensive end, which this is a perfect case of showing you you can be good at football, in real life, but be shit in IDP because yeah. the guy was elitely, elitely graded, but like a barely a DL three for us. Maybe I don't know if mm. it's even worth that. I, I you because you couldn't trust most of it, and I can't remember anything but a handful of games. Anything sticking out? Then you finally had Carl Lawson's healthy. Carl Lawson's not going anywhere. He's still under a big stupid contract. And he was at least on par this year and his film, according to PFF with like a 66, I don't think either one of those guys are going to go away. I don't know if they're going to bring in Jermaine Johnson and actually go ahead and just throw him into the fire and finally release him. But to the naked eye, Jermaine Johnson should be getting an opportunity, whether it's this coming year or next year. And that had a lot to do why he slid down to number five, I'm with you. And then, uh, you know, just just a peek into the background here. Six through ten is basically non-existent. Everybody else uh, is not close to these guys, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, you can throw a couple of names out. A lot of has to happen with Sam Wilson down in Dallas, Jake Jackson uh, with the 49ers uh, for any real relevancy there. So, you know, we'll keep tabs on them down the road, but we need more to put them, you know, even think about putting them in the top five. I thought the interesting thing about this was out of all those high-profile defensive tackles, we didn't get shit across the board from any of them. And look up Kurt Hennish playing for Houston. All right, He played the most snaps and had the most production being an undrafted defensive tackle out of Notre Dame <laughs> than all of Logan Hall. Well, and I can't even remember their names. That's so long ago. All those defensive tackles that were making the top 12 last year preseason. Yeah. Wild, man. That takes a while to uh, develop the defensive tackle, typically. Well, that is good stuff, man. So we got we got our top fives across all three positions there. And then, uh, yeah, we've got you guys lined up the next month or so of shows. But you want to sneak peek that? We'll see you with Dynasty Rankings of the Top 24 Linebackers. 
Ooh, sounds good. All right, everyone have a good week. We'll catch you next time. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please, go and give what you can, and let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope, by knowing we all really do care.